Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. Good morning, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Passion Roll Talk Radio. Jeannie White is the producer and writes the blog, which I suggest that you read. And please share this podcast. If you missed any of this podcast, you can subscribe to my show, Chatting with Betsy, on Spreaker, Spotify, CastBox, Google, and Apple, to name just a few. I have a very special guest with me today. My guest is a social worker who is memory support director for Keystone Villa at Douglasville in Berks County, Pennsylvania. And I want to welcome Polly Dobbs to Chatting with Betsy. Hi, Polly. Hi there, Betsy. How are it's you It's very today? good to be here. Oh, it's very good to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited about having you on because people don't know what a social worker does. And in your facility, and by the way, folks, I just want to say I Googled where Polly uh, works, the Keystone Villa at Douglasville, and it looks beautiful. So check that out. Check out the pictures, especially if you live in that area. What? do you do in your facility, Polly? What is your role in, in the task that you do? So I wear a lot of hats. Um, when, I, when I wrote down or tried to formulate what exactly I do to, to be a little prepared for this, um, I found that, that it, it was very difficult to sort of pick and choose what were the important parts of, of the con. Hello? Hi. Hello. I'm here. Oh, oh, Bethany, I'm so sorry. It sounded like it ended. Um, Are you there, Polly? Yes. I, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Oh, okay, because I could hear you, but I hear like a blank. I get, oh, okay. Okay. Should we just continue? <laughs> yes, yes, we can continue. Okay, okay. So sorry. Um, so I, I, the, the main part that I do is creating programming for the unit. So what that means is um, determining what sorts of activities our residents are going to be doing, how they interact with each other, how they interact with the staff, how the families come into the building, um, and and sort of negotiating those relationships um, because living in a community, which is what I think of, of our unit as being, um, it's, it's just all about relationships. So I think it, it's really um, an amazing thing for a social worker to be a part of. I think we're, we, as a field, are very well equipped to work in that sort of environment and, and negotiate those roles for people. Um, it's, a, it's a very emotional 
topic, um, caring for someone with dementia, uh, because there's, there's that Im- immense sense of loss. Um, and when families bring their loved ones to us, they are feeling that loss most intensely because not only have they gone through that, that time of, of losing capabilities and losing um, you know, pieces of the person that, that has dementia, now they are losing the physical presence of that person either in their home or, or you know, in the home that perhaps they grew up in. Or it, it's just it's a time of a lot of emotional turmoil for people. So I think, I think having me as director in that social work background um, makes that transition a whole lot smoother for people. Very true, Holly. I'm glad you brought that up because placing somebody, whether it's assisted living or in a memory care unit, is very heart-wrenching. It's a decision most families don't make lightly. And I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. I, I, that's you know, good to know because sometimes people feel, oh, I'm the only one who feels this way. And you're not. They're not the only one who feels that way. And I just like to uh, tell the listeners, where are you located in Pennsylvania? So we're in Douglasville. Um, it's about an hour and a half outside of Philadelphia, um, in between Reading and Philadelphia. Um, Berks, we are actually right on the border between Berks County and Montgomery County. Um, so it's, it's the suburbs. Um, some people, uh, if, if, you, if you're from a city, you would call it um, the country. If you're from the suburbs, you would probably also call it the country. I think of it as the suburbs. We have sidewalks. So that's the suburbs to me. Okay. And are you doing uh, physical tours or virtual tours or, or both? We are doing virtual tours at this point. Um, we have two lovely ladies who do our marketing for us, and, and they've been really trying to be as flexible as possible and, and do things in ways that they've never had to do before with virtual tours and um, We've, we've had to go to doing a lot of our assessments virtually. Um, a lot of the rehabs and hospitals are not allowing um, people to come in and, and do assessments um, face-to-face. So we've had to, to adapt to some things that way. Um, it's a little bit um, unique to be bringing someone into my unit and perhaps never even seeing them face-to-face, which is um, – you know, sometimes leads to some unexpected surprises, but also some, some really interesting uh, surprises. <laughs> yes, I could imagine. To, I could imagine. It has to be difficult uh, yeah. in this COVID uh, pandemic to, you know, there's only so much I think you could assess over the phone. Yeah. Even uh, like a FaceTime, you know, assessment, you don't really know someone unless you're I feel unless you're actually there in person with them mm-hmm. and getting there, you know, seeing more. You know, I mean, you could tell more when you've actually been with that person for a while. Mm-hmm. I just think it, it, it has to be rough. Now, is your facility taking new residents at this time? We are. Um, we, we, there was a brief period of time, a few weeks, um, in I would say the heaviest um, uh, 
level of, of diagnosis, um, we had we had a terrible outbreak in Montgomery County. It was it was really one of the hot spots in Pennsylvania, um, and at that point we took a few weeks um, and and did not take residents. We were just on total lockdown, um, and then we started opening up. Um, so the the people that we've been getting lately are not people that have been thinking about coming into to personal care. It's it's not sort of the oh okay well we'll we'll explore this kind of kind of um, uh, referrals, it's crisis situations. It's somebody who had a terrible accident, went into the hospital, and now needs to go someplace else other than home. It's it's a family who has been coping uh, by the skin of their teeth, and it's just it's it's reached a breaking point. So um, we're we're having these referrals that are higher acuity, um, physically as well as as cognitively. Um, and it's just in this terrible place where, you know, a, you know, a, a wife, a, a daughter is dropping off their mom and saying, you know, I don't know when I'll get to see you again um, because we are not allowing visits at this point. So it's, it's, it's just a terrible, terrible time for everybody. Yes, it is. And my heart breaks the caregivers and their loved ones who cannot see their loved ones and with dementia, they change daily and sometimes minute to minute. I'd like to to go over, because you mentioned something um, that I've heard from many uh, people who do work in facilities, that people, when they bring someone to a facility, it's usually at a crisis point that they can't handle anymore. Would you suggest, Polly, that people start exploring facilities, having a plan, put a name, their name, their loved one's name on a waiting list if you have one, so that they have that communication, they have that available instead of waiting until it's a crisis? Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes, because there are so many facilities out there. There are so many communities. Um, you know, you have everything from your standalone assisted living or, or your standalone personal care um, to um, continuing care communities, CCRCs, where you can transition from independent to assisted to a skilled level of care. There are so many different options out there. And to figure out what is going to be the best option, um, for you and your family, I think goes a long way to just having that sense of um, uh, peace about about it, as as peaceful as you can be. Um, I would I would liken it to planning a funeral. Um, doing that at the last minute when it's a crisis situation is the worst thing in the world because you're you're just full of emotion around, around the issues. Doing it in advance, making those plans, making those decisions with a cool, clear head, I think, I think that sets a person up for success in every sense, the family as well as, as uh, the person moving into the commu- community, to have that in place. Definitely. I can't even stress this enough. I talk about it all the time, so thank you for backing me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's really, I can't tell caregivers enough and listeners enough that you must plan. You must plan, even though you don't want to talk about it, 
Your loved one may not want to talk about it. You have to talk about it because you need to have a plan in place. I mean, it's just, it makes things go much smoother. In your facility, uh, you do have a memory care unit for those with dementia. I know that. Uh, can a person be on hospice in your facility? Absolutely. At any given time on my unit alone, we usually have four or five people on hospice. And um, a common misconception that people have about hospice, and I don't want to dwell on that too much, but um, hospice is not for the last two days of a person's life. It's not for the last two weeks of a person's life. It's not even really for the last two months of a person's life. It is for someone who has the expectancy of perhaps they have six months or less to live. And that perhaps can go on and on as long as a person still meets criteria. When I worked in hospice, which I did for four and a half years, I had a beautiful woman that I took care of for a year and a half on hospice. I named my daughter after her. That was how much I loved her. Wow. Hospice is a tremendous support for families. It's a tremendous support for residents. It's an amazing support for the people caring for your loved one in a facility. Um, we get to know and love these people like they're our families. The, the facility <laughs> needs the support. I can't tell you how often I have to have a social worker from hospice come out for my staff because they're just reeling over the loss of somebody that they loved for years. Um, it, it is just a, a marvelous program. I know, I know not everybody has that amazing experience, but I think, I think the right staff for the right resident in the right time goes a long way. When you have hospice in place, when a person is still able to communicate and is still themselves, it gives everybody a chance to get to know each other, and that support system can be built before it becomes the crisis situation of somebody in their final days. Exactly, Polly. Uh, my dad was in a facility. I live in New Jersey. He was on hospice for a year and a half, and it really, really? You know, gives the staff, yes, really gives the staff, you know, a, sort of like a, a break, and they get, the individual gets the attention. They get yes, the attention yeah. that they they need. Um, the reason why I ask that is because some facilities uh, they don't allow a person to um, be that um, advanced. They don't want an advanced person and, and a, you know, some facilities. So that's why I always ask, because it's good to know. I mean, if someone is going into a facility, you want to know that they could stay there oh, yeah. and have that comfort that, okay, we really like it here. What happens when my loved one progresses? Can they still stay here? So Compared that's a um, lot of persons. I'm sorry. Good to know. Go ahead. Compared to a lot of personal care homes, we do have a higher acuity than a lot of them out there. A lot of personal care homes um, don't want to take people in if they are uh, wheelchair bound. Um, we have no problem with that. Um, we will even use a, a Sarah lift or a sit-to-stand lift. Um, it's not a full Hoyer lift that lifts a person up entirely, but a sit-to-stand lift that gives a person extra support if they're no longer able to stand up of, of their own volition. We, we want to keep someone with us. Um, when we make that commitment to families um, to care for them, we want to care for them throughout their lifespan until it comes to a close. So we try very, very hard to keep people with us um, until the end, whenever that may be. 
Um, there are times when a person's condition progresses to the point where they either need to go to a skilled setting um, or, or perhaps an inpatient hospice unit if, if their condition becomes so acute that they need IV medications to keep them comfortable. Yes. That is great to know. Now, how would someone hearing this interview get in touch with you, Polly? So I can be reached at MSD, Memory Support Director, M as in Mary, S as in Sam, D as in dog, at KeystoneVilla at Douglasville.com. So that's my direct email. Um, our, our community's main phone line in is 610 385 2000. So that either of those ways will will get you into the Keystone Villa if you have questions or um, want to explore what the community is like. Um, we do have a Facebook page that you can find by searching Keystone Villa at Douglasville, um, and there there is also a website. Um, we are part of the Heritage Communities, um, and and they have a a sub page for us, I believe. Oh, okay. And are you in charge of the fundraising? Yes, I am. So, so I am. I am the chairperson of the annual uh, Alzheimer's Walk. Um, there is a, a wonderful Alzheimer's Walk that happens up at Penn State Berks um, every year uh, in October. And this year it will be held virtually, so people will be encouraged to walk wherever they can find a nice place to walk, um, and just uh, doing that um, remotely as they can uh, to support Alzheimer's research and the Alzheimer's Society. Um, so we have been trying to be creative and figure out different things. Typically, uh, we do things like a hoagie sale. We do bake sales. We do t-shirt sales. And these things are all really, really difficult at this time because they all require being face-to-face -face with somebody. Um, so I, uh, I came up with a, a different plan, um, one of many, I hope, that will happen before the fall, um, where uh, it's... Uh, a program that people can donate money and we will go out and purchase flowers for um, our memory care uh, terrace garden that we have for our residents, their outdoor space, um, just to bring a little bit of sunshine and light into their lives and, and also support the Alzheimer's Walk. And that is called Plant a Memory. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. For listeners, I love that idea. When I when I first saw that idea, I have to tell the listeners, I had to send first. I sent um, donation in for a plant in my husband's memory, uh, Matthew Sloan, because my husband he used to like to plant flowers, so that was great. And then I got to thinking, well, why don't I have a plant for my mother-in-law? She loved to plant flowers, and then for my dad in his memory. So I highly suggest listeners, you know, contact Polly and do a donation. You're giving it to a, a worthy cause and you're planting a flower in someone's name. Now, do the residents plant these flowers, Polly? So I, I, I put the, um, the time frame on, uh, on the plant a memory 
program uh, for being the beginning of July, and it's the donations have just been sort of trickling in. So I'm I'm pushing it back until August. I think we'll be looking at more some some uh, late blooming flowers to put in the garden. My hope is that we can get the residents out there. I bought sunscreen for everybody, so we can do it safely, and we have lots of wide brimmed hats to get people out and and doing what they can. Um, we just prepared the beds um, last week. Uh, pulled all of our, our things that we're not doing so well out. So we'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks, starting that process of planting. Um, and then once, once we have done the planting, I will be posting um, in the garden uh, who has, has donated in, in whose memory or um, in honor of. Uh, we had some families that donated for residents that we currently have, of course, which, you know, they're, direct, they're directly benefiting people that they love. So that's really, really nice. Um, but that, we'll, we'll that have that posted nice. in the garden. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great idea. Uh, it's an activity that the residents can enjoy doing, gives them something to do, and you are replenishing the earth with beautiful flowers. They are, if I remember, forget-me-nots. Is that correct? So, are they forget-me-not uh, plants or are they different so, ones? W- well, we will be planting a variety of different things I want to try oh, okay. and and, and have some things that will take us into the fall. I love chrysanthemums, and that will take us oh, into the too. fall. So I'm excited about them. Um, but it, so, so we have asked $5 donation for a flower to plant in the memory care garden. And then in turn, we will be sending um, to our donors a packet of forget-me-not seeds for your own garden. So it's a gift for someone else. It's a gift for you and a donation to the Alzheimer's Society. You can't do better than that. That's for sure. That's where I got the forget-me-nots in my head. <laughs> yeah, That's why I yes. said that. <laughs> yes, and you know what, folks, I have to tell you, if you don't have a green thumb like me, give it to your neighbor. <laughs> give it to mm-hmm. someone who would plant mm-hmm. a plant, which um, I gave to my neighbor because they plant flowers, and my neighbor's husband uh, died from Alzheimer's. So that this is a way of her to honor her husband. She was very, you know, thank, thanked me for it, uh, giving her the seeds. And it's just a, I think it's a novel idea. I never heard of um, anyone doing that as a fundraiser, Polly. So, mm-hmm. bravo to you, kudos to you, thank because you. in this, you're welcome. In this COVID time, we were discussing before. It's very difficult. People are having very difficult time with the fundraising now because it's you know virtual. It's you can't um, you know have people congregating, and it must be very difficult for you to think of different ideas. Well, and it's it's the economy is not in good shape, and I know money is very dear to people mm-hmm. right now as well. So I, I'm looking at, you know, we, we probably won't reach the goals we reached last year, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's, it's a stepping stone. It's, it's, you know, we will all get through this together and, and hopefully be better, wiser, and stronger for it. Yes, and I, I just think, you know, for $5, they plant a plant, and then you get something to plant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just uh, a fantastic Idea. I mean, you can't even buy probably a plant for five dollars. 
I mean, not where I live, I think, in New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I have some secret. I have some secret ways to get. No, um, we have we have some really lovely greenhouses around here. Um, I, I feel very confident that that I will I will be able to get some some lovely things for um, for on the unit. That is, I just it warms my heart. I, I really, I get very touched emotionally because I think it's just a fantastic idea. Um, and I really want to su- suggest to the listeners out there, you know, if you could spare five dollars, you know, send it in to Polly and have a a plant. Uh, either in honor of someone who's still living or in memory of someone that you lost. Mm-hmm. I, just, um, I just love it. And do you, uh, do you ship out, like, overseas? We have people to listen, you know, overseas. So, oh, or is this just United would, yeah. States? Oh, you would? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh. I would be a little bit, I would be a little bit cautious um, just because I'm, I'm not really sure um, what forget me nots are native to, and I know that they can they can spread. I, I would hate I would hate to introduce an invasive foreign species <laughs> to someone's garden, but uh, I would I would also be happy to ship overseas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you because a lot of times it's just you know in U.S. only, and this um, audio cast is heard uh, all over. So that's why I wanted uh, people to know. I even thought about it. Now, this might sound a little <laughs> bizarre. Uh, the next packets of Forget-Me-Not, I was actually thinking of putting it uh, near my husband's grave mm-hmm. and just to see if it would grow. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I know, think it's him. worth a try. Um, they they are very small flowers. They're very pretty, light blue color, um, and and I think it would look lovely there. I really do. Do, do I? No, that's my sound. I I'm not a planter. You could tell. <laughs> how do, how big of a hole do you have to dig? Oh, they you, you, it's um a, the kind of flower that you can just spread and then put a little dirt on top. Um, oh. You don't want to put them too deep. Oh, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because, that's perfect because I actually was thinking of that and because I couldn't really, you know, dig a big hole uh, where my oh, husband yeah. is. But I, you would not but I could definitely, right, right, I could definitely do that. I mean, the, their lawnmower might eat it up, but I could try it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to get my uh, other forget-me-nots. So I could try that mm-hmm. experiment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how would someone participate? Polly, you mentioned the walk, and I really want to interview you again closer to the walk mm-hmm. to remind people because people will forget between now and October. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how does the virtual walk work? So um, they're on a website for the Berks County Annual Walk. Um, for Alzheimer's disease, and there are teams set up. So you can either start your own team through that organization or you can join an existing team. 
Um, there are a number of uh, local communities that, that have teams that go out and, and do the walk. Um, some of our sister communities, uh, heritage buildings, also participate in the walk. Chestnut Knoll um, is, is a big um, contributor each year. Um, there are sister community in Boyertown um, and uh, Market at Manor Square, which is also in Berks County. They have a, a, a team that went out. They have a brand-new memory care unit there. Um, so, so it's always fun to get out there and, and see um, our sister communities. This year we will be waving from a far away way. Um, but you can go on the website, um, Berks County Walk to End Alzheimer's Disease, um, just do a Google search for that, and it'll pop right up. Um, and you can explore different ways to participate. Oh, thank you. I always wondered how that worked. I mean, I know in person how it works, but mm -hmm. uh, there's so many walks that are being done now uh, virtual. My neighbor actually across the street, she said that they do a walk every year down in, um, I believe she said it was Point Pleasant, mm. New Jersey. But I don't know if they'll be doing it this year because mm -hmm. she asked if my son and I would, would be interested. And I said, yeah, if they're you know, still having it, sure. Um, my husband's cousin one year, she asked me if she could hold a picture. My husband's name is Matt, of Matt, mm -hmm. uh, in her walk. And I said, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, he was still alive at that time. I said, mm -hmm. sure, he, you know, he wouldn't mind that at, at all. And I think it's a great way to... You know, bring awareness uh, to Alzheimer's and to support the Alzheimer's Association that does uh, seminars for free and a research, of course, to find a cure for this horrible disease. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's, it, it is a worthy cause. And I want to thank you, Polly, for coming on and sharing about your facility and your plant of memory and what it is that you do. And I want to encourage people, go on and look at this facility, especially if you live in Pennsylvania, because it's, it just looks beautiful. It really looks amazing. And if I was closer, I'd, and if I could, <laughs> I would really would like to have, uh, you know, be in person. Do you have any facilities, I'm just curious, in New Jersey? We do. Um, there's a heritage building uh, for the life of me. I cannot remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm so it's, sad. I cannot remember where it is. It but sounds familiar. Building. Um, it's not named. It's not one of the Keystone buildings. Um, the Keystone buildings were started years ago. Um, there's Keystone Villa at Douglasville, Keystone Villa at Ephrata, and Keystone Villa at Fleetwood. Um, there are actually twin communities in Douglasville. So we have an independent section, and we also have the personal care memory care unit. So it's two buildings connected by one walkway. Um, it's, it's a really neat building. We have um, spouses that um, one person lives in the independent portion, one person lives in the memory care unit, one person lives in personal care, one person lives in the memory care unit. It's, it's not a continuing care community, but it does have some of the good aspects of a continuing care community that spouses, sisters, I have a, a, a pair of sisters, one lives in memory care, one lives in independent living. Um, it gives people more options, um, particularly for spouses that may not be at the same level of care need. 
Yes, because that does happen. And you have, um, do you have medical personnel on your premises 24-7? Not 24-7. We do have a nurse available 24-7 um, by telephone if needed. Um, we, we have a nurse always on day shift, usually on second shift, and sometimes on third shift, but always someone available if there's a need. We have med techs that uh, provide medication to our residents, so we do have people trained, uh, however, not necessarily holding a nursing license. Oh, okay. Just mm -hmm. um, wanted to know that. It's so different nowadays than from, it is. you know, days gone by, uh, yeah, for sure. Keep changing. Yes. Yes, they do. They keep changing uh, rapidly, you know, technology and uh, licensing and mm -hmm. and everything. How was your situation in your facility as as far as the COVID with well, with we, your residents? We have been very, very, very lucky. Very, very, very lucky. Um, we had a few staff members um, can contract it. Um, they were able to isolate at home and not not pass it um, around the building. Um, we have had um, one or two residents test positive, um, and then uh, we had we've had some 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 strange um, testing positive and then testing negative right away that make us question whether or not the test results were accurate the first time. But it just yeah, we have been very very lucky. Um, not not a lot in the building and. Um, nothing too tragic from those oh, that conducted that's, it that's and good. contracted it. That's, mm -hmm. that's really great. Uh, Polly, is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners about Plant and Memory or your facility or yourself? No, um, but I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to get our name out there, get the walk promoted and, and everything like that. It's It's been a real treat to get to talk with everyone today. Well, you're very welcome. And I want to suggest to the listeners, you know, as you get spirit, we know money's tight, but please consider donating to plant a memory because I just think it's um, fantastic. You know, what's $5 a cup of coffee now at Starbucks? I think I went not too long ago. My son likes uh, the Vente <laughs> tea or I, what did I, I got a medium. It was over five bucks. So, you know, instead of having a cup of coffee, plant a plant and it, it helps somebody. It's, it's just a giving lovely uh, thing to do. And I want to thank everyone for listening to Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Uh, once again, please subscribe to my shows, and that way you won't miss any. I'm also on Amazon Alexa, and I am on iHeart, Google, Apple. Uh, so I appreciate your support. And in a world where you could be anything, people, please be kind. We need it. Shine your light bright. And be safe. Until we chat again, be blessed. Bye, everybody.